We've all heard the saying, learn to love the process. But why learn to love something? Why not create a process that is easy to love? Welcome to Peace with the Process, where I bring you professionals who specialize in the processes we incorporate to sustain consistent, healthy growth. I believe in learning from others' mistakes and successes. So I also bring on entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches and tell us how they got there and how they got out. I hope you find something in today's episode that you can apply to your own life and that you find your peace with the process along the way. Let's get started. Hey, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Peace with the Process. This is our process perspective episode. If you're not familiar with the show already, this is the episode that I do at the first of every month, and I do a little bit of a recap over last month's uh, guests. We go over some of the perspectives that may not have been pinpointed on during our conversation. Uh, or we just kind of give a little bit of a, of a revisit of what those are for those of you who are just now joining us so that you can have a little bit of piqued interest in any of the people that we had in last month's episodes. And I'll also share a little bit about what's going on in my personal life. What are some processes that I'm implementing, some obstacles I'm overcoming, some things that I'm coming into contact with, whatever that may be. I want to thank each and every one of you for continuing to listen, and let's go ahead and jump right into it, right? So let's see, at the very beginning of the month, we had Mr. Sean Swarner. It's episode 37, Another Mountain, Sean Swarner. Now this man was, he was, I believe, rated one of the top eight most inspirational persons of all time. Now, we later found on that episode that the other people on that list, I think, were all dead. (laughs) So he was a little bit worried about being placed on that list, which is understandable. Now, Sean, uh, I think, under, I believe, underwent cancer. Two waves of cancer that he both, uh, that he came out of and ultimately. Uh, not only you know survived but uh, beat that cancer and then he ultimately beat life by being one of the being the first person to climb mount everest i believe it was mount everest the seven summits and do the hawaii iron man all with one lung oh there's my echo dot telling me my shipment has arrived i think i even heard him at the front door so Sean, and that's funny that that happens because in our episode together, Sean and I actually talk about the cons- or talk about the funny things that we do with our Echo Dots uh, when we first hop on. There she goes again, always just being an interruption. Anyway, I thought that that's pretty funny that that comes up when I'm talking about Sean and I's episode because that was a topic when we first got on. She interrupted a bit of our conversation and she was trying to talk to him while he was getting on the phone call. So that's that's pretty funny, pretty timely. Our conversation was a really, really good one. You want to talk about somebody who's dedicated to the symbolism involved in overcoming, in accomplishment, and in the concept of being an example. When, when you overcome something, 
I don't think it's everybody's immediate go-to to overcome something and think, oh, awesome, let me be a beacon. Let me help other people overcome this same thing. I don't think that's everybody's immediate reaction. I think a lot of times the immediate reaction is to brag about it, right? I think the immediate reaction is to brag about, oh, look what I overcame. Yeah, look at me. And we let our ego get to be a big part of what we were going through, what our battle was. I think sometimes we forget there's people out there who are enduring worse. Now, I can't speak for Sean, but I believe that the things that he went through to climb these mountains, doing it all with one lung, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to speak for that. But maybe there was an opportunity, maybe there were points in times where that was just the hardest thing that he's ever done. What I mean by that is that surely he continued to push himself, right? He continued to do the next hard thing and the next hard thing and the next hard thing in order to stretch his own limits so that he could truly be an example to people that that have undergone the same situation, that are undergoing cancer, who are in the process of trying to beat cancer, and then eventually becoming someone that everyone can look up to. You know, I think that's a testament of how a mission can start off very niched and blow into something that has an impact into such deeper, you know, deeper and wider uh, communities than we thought that it would have. So that's a little bit of, uh, of some insight into mine and Sean's conversation. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to that episode, please go ahead and do so. Now, fess up time. I will admit that I uploaded that episode without listening to it a second time. That was my failure, right? So when that, first, when that episode first got uploaded, it actually had, I want to say, like 17 minutes of dead air after that initial uh, intro onto the episode. Man, that was embarrassing. I actually had a uh, potential guest tell me about that before uh, we had gotten something scheduled together. So I had to run in there. Fix that up because my intentions were to include a little bit of mine and Sean's banter back and forth about the Echo Dot and all of that. And I thought that would be really nice to include. So what I did is I got rid of the original clipping that uh, that Shanna, my podcast uh, employee, she, she helps out with cutting these podcast episodes. So she cut it and she cut out some of that previous banter, which is how I've been doing some of the other ones. We'll have some pre- pre-podcast banter but this one i wanted to include a little bit of that on there so i just deleted the one that she had in there the cut version and put in the uncut version forgetting that i sat there and waited for you know i got on the call pretty early so i sat and waited for quite a while before sean got on the call and i forgot to cut that piece out so uh bad on me i won't make that mistake twice hopefully i intend not to Anyways, let's move on to the next guest that we had on the podcast, Mr. Ryan Perez. Now, I've talked about this quite a few times. Ryan was somebody who had the opportunity to join in with on a mastermind with book thinkers. And I obviously was joined in on that same mastermind. And we've had the opportunity to interview a ton of different people for the uh, the building of a book that's being put together by 
uh, book thinkers and Mr. Greg Reed, who we have on the podcast later on that I'll talk about as well. So doing all of these interviews to uh, to basically you know ask a bunch of questions, get a bunch of questions answered, all to formulate this book. I'm not going to divulge too much information, uh, but that's in essence what some of this mastermind is about. And then we're all going to get together uh, in uh, in September for a really big event. Uh, out in California. So I'm very excited about that. Very excited to meet a lot of these gentlemen that I've had an opportunity to talk with and you know develop some relationships over. And the first person that I had the opportunity to talk to was Mr. Ryan. Now, uh, I believe Ryan is 21, 22 years old, give or take. And he, I believe, is actually the youngest person on our mastermind group. And I found that out by talking with him. Now, youth has absolutely nothing to do with this guy's grit and determination. We talk on our part one of the podcast a lot about him and you know his concept behind personal development and his developing Dev Nation. If you don't know by now, the theme is development. So Development Nation, he's paying homage to the um, – I believe it was the, the IT side of things that he originally got started in. And he was doing a lot of uh, IT-related info videos and, and and help things. and Oh, programming, I think, is what it was. And it just further evolved from that. And one of the things that I think we pinpointed on was this concept of the sacrifices that we make. And whether or not they feel like sacrifices has a lot to say about the journey that you're on. If you're on a journey and you're willingly making sacrifices along the way, and they don't feel like sacrifices, take a moment to think about what that says about your journey. I think it's a positive thing. I think the moment that we start to make sacrifices that to everybody else seem like these big, crazy sacrifices, or maybe they're just small, uh, ridiculous sacrifices in their eyes, and we don't really even notice it. We don't even really think about it or maybe we do but we just don't consider it as weighty as maybe they do i think that that says a lot about our passion about our connectedness with that calling with that uh, vision that dream that pursuit and i really really enjoyed my conversation with ryan i also really enjoyed doing the first part one part two uh, episode that we had together. So part one is on my podcast. Part two is on his podcast, which is Mind Devs Podcast. And we kind of flipped the script around and he turns around and asks me a bunch of questions. Several of them are about uh, podcasting. And then we get into a few philosophical questions and things like that. I enjoyed being interviewed and having it uh, switched around a little bit. So uh, very awesome conversation. If you caught our Part one, head over to Mind Devs podcast and catch the part two. All right, we had a few guests on the podcast this month. So the next one coming up is uh, Mr. Greg Reed himself. Now he's kind of the ringleader behind the mastermind with Book Thinkers. I believe it was him who reached out to Book Thinkers, or maybe it was vice versa, but then it was Greg's idea to get together and do this uh, book collaboration. And they've told us a little bit about this. Uh, book idea. They've even sent us the first chapter, which is really great. Uh, I really love the concept. I'm excited to uh, to read 
the book whenever it's finalized. And I'm excited to be a part of the process that's involved to build that. Now, Greg is a very high flame, fast paced individual. Okay. You may not be used to it. You may not like it, but Greg doesn't really care. (laughs) You know, that's one thing that I enjoyed about Greg was that he was very authentic and he was very upfront about who he is, uh, what he believed, how he presented himself. That was it. That was the full package. What you saw is what you got. There, there was no beating around the bush. And to some people like that, some people don't. But he was very direct. And sometimes I, it came off to the point where I was like, well, okay, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe this conversation's a little rocky. But no, I think a lot of his conversations go that way. And he got me out of my comfort zone. I have to be honest. So having a fast paced conversation like that real quick to the point had me thinking on my toes and had me thinking about things that I could ask that would really, you know, intrigue him and also just, just digging deeper so that I wasn't just asking the same questions on this podcast. I enjoyed him pulling me out of that comfort zone. And at the end of the podcast, we talked a little bit about the concept of uh, doing some of these interviews and doing some focus on what are guests doing now? Like what, what is it? What's something that they're doing that they're doing now that was the result of something that happened? You know, instead of just saying, Hey, have you, have you, you know, had a hardship in your life? Have you, have you had something that you had to bounce back from? And they may go in and describe that horrible situation, but maybe they forget to talk about, okay, I had this horrible situation. Here's what I did to overcome it. But what am I doing to keep from having a similar situation come up in my life? Because I think that's definitely a big piece that maybe I've missed having conversations with other guests on the show. Surely we've caught a few of them where we've had that question answered, but I think Greg brings up a really great point that that's definitely something I want to keep at the top of my mind going forward, right? So I really enjoyed our conversation, one of our shorter conversations. Greg's a go, go, go guy. We did not stay on the podcast for very long after the recording stopped. He immediately got off and he was uh, he was on to the next thing. And that's how he has been uh, during all of our interactions. We would get on some of these uh, some of these calls with some of these people who were we've been interviewing. And if they weren't on there, I want to say in five minutes might have been 10. I think it was five minutes. If they weren't on within five minutes, Greg was out of there. He had to move on to the next thing. I respect that. No worries about that at all. Some of us would hang out because we had time. We had things in there. But Greg has a very full schedule. And he's a very high flame individual. He's move, move, move. And I've said that. And I enjoyed our conversation. With that being said, the biggest pinnacle that I got out of that was what I included on, well, obviously some of the conversations that we had after the podcast. But one of the things that he talked about was skipping line to get in front of people who are going to help you do what it is that you want to be. You know, they're doing it better than you. How do you get access to those people? How do you get access to those people? You just go to that person and become available. And one thing that he said really stuck out to me. He said, you know, if if you're if you're if you're really high flame and you're doing a lot, you're available a lot of the time. And if you're brand new, you're go go go, you're all over the place. You don't really have any spare time. You're trying to keep moving. But when you've been doing it for a long time, I think what he's saying there is that you value being available 
because the opportunity can come in any shape, form, or fashion. So I think what he's saying is that there's people out there who understand that concept and they remain available. They don't pack themselves so tight. For instance, I say Greg has got things going on over, you know, he's very high flame. He's moving from one thing to the next, but he had time to hop on a podcast episode with me. You heard him say he's directing movies. He's running secret knock event. He's doing this, uh, all of these interviews and this mastermind with book thinkers in the mastermind group. He's got a lot of things going on. But that doesn't mean that he keeps his schedule so close-knit that he doesn't have the opportunity to hop on a 30- to 40-minute phone call with me on my podcast and instill some of his wisdom uh, into you know, somebody who, uh, who's, in, in, in relation to him, you know, new to this, this, this era, this, this genre of, of doing things, you know, these... Uh, these types of individuals, entrepreneurs. Uh, I've only been doing this since uh, November in terms of the podcast, in terms of uh, peace with the process as a business. And, but I've been pursuing self-development uh, pretty much all my life. So I'm familiar with the concepts that we discuss, but a lot of the things that we do are uh, brand new. You know, Mastermind groups are new to me. Uh, how we network, how we collaborate. Those things are new for me. And you'll notice that the newness in that is basically just, you know, how does self-development look in a relational way? You know, how do you share self-development with somebody else? How do you pursue it with someone else as well? And I'm starting to find that out and I'm having a lot of fun with that. So that was my conversation with Greg, got me out of my comfort zone showed me a little bit of something that I need to be keeping at the top of my priority, which is what are we doing to keep from having those negative experiences that we did overcome? That's a very good thing to have at the top of our priority. It talks about longevity, right? If we go out into the wilderness and we encountered a bear, we fought the bear and we won, doesn't mean that we're going to go out and keep allowing ourselves to be exposed to bears. What is it we did to keep ourselves from getting into that situation again. You know, maybe it was completely avoiding that part of the woods. Maybe it was, uh, you know, heading out there at a certain time of day. Maybe it was carrying a bigger stick and a bigger spear, or maybe it was a carrying around a bow and arrow instead of a spear. You didn't want to get that close. You know, whatever it may be, that person take, has that experience, comes back, shares it with the tribe, and now the tribe can go, oh, I need to carry a bow and arrow instead of a spear when I go out into the woods. That is what I want to provide to you guys. That is what I want to do. I think Greg brings up a great opportunity uh, for questions to be asked. And that makes a lot of sense considering the book that, that they're building and that, uh, that I'm having the opportunity to be a part of. All right, the last guest that we had this month was Mr. Marty Garza uh, from 12 Stories Coffee. Now, Guys, uh, we do understand that the sound quality on that was not the greatest. His uh, scheduling and his location uh, were things that we had to work around, but I definitely wanted to have him on the podcast because of the uniqueness behind this concept of 12 Stories, how he uh, how he partnered up with his partner who was taking coffee to the people, and now they have, they're both running a coffee shop that people come to them, and for very good reason. 
the way that they've set up this foundation is it's absolutely amazing. One, I'm a huge fan of the 1920s. Uh, I wish I could have lived in that era. So when I have an opportunity to step into this coffee shop, uh, I feel as if I've stepped back in time. I'm able to sit down, have some coffee uh, in the 1920s with a little uh, 1920s French cafe music playing in the background. And they even have a back room that kind of gives you this speakeasy feel to it. Um, and they even serve uh, alcohol. I believe they have wines and, and beers, maybe spirits. I could be wrong in that aspect, but I do know they even serve alcohol. So it does have this speakeasy feel to it. Very, very cool. And the concept of 12 stories, you'll hear me mention in the episode, is that I thought 12 stories meant like 12 stories, as in 12 floors of a building. And I knew the small town that this coffee shop was located in, that there's no way that there's a building that's that tall. And it turns out 12 stories is not 12 floors of a building. It is 12 individual stories that helps them illustrate 12 values that they want to inspire in their team that work for them. Absolutely amazing. Very beautiful concept. And I'll let you listen to the podcast to hear a little bit about uh, one or two of those stories. If you're local, be sure to go check it out. Tell them that you heard about the podcast and that you wanted to hear more about the stories. You wanted to get to know more about that. Obviously, check them out. Uh, on their website, 12storiescoffee.com, I believe, is their website on there. Now, that is the guests that we had on the podcast for the month of June, and a little bit of my takeaways from them, some of the things that I enjoyed about the conversations. And if you've been following, and you've been following along, and you've been checking out the podcast, you'll notice that I launched a new series this month, just in time for Father's Day. I launched a series called A Father's Perspective. I did this because I became a father at the beginning of June, June 2nd to be exact. And I wanted to find a way that I could not only document the experience, but that I could take this experience and the challenge that I have presented myself with as a father to do my best to be a an example to other fathers. Almost similar to Sean Swarner in his you know, efforts to be an example by climbing mountains and overcoming mountains. Uh, we talked about that being a little bit of a, of a cliche saying, but he really did put some truth to it. And so what I would like to do is I wanted to document this process with me and my first son and talk about the uh, successes and failures, the things that I did, did wrong, thought thought right, thought wrong, the things that uh, I went into it with the ideas of being able to accomplish, the things that worked, the things that didn't work, the things that we tweaked and moved and, and, and changed around, and that journey has been a lot of fun. I intend on having my wife uh, come on next week's episode, so if you've been following along, be sure to check that out because that'll be fun to have the mother's perspective on the Father's Perspective podcast episode. I just think it's only fitting that we get her in there to talk about her side of the story since we've talked about mine. We talked about the the, the whole birthing process, having a midwife, a doula, doing it at home, uh, completely natural, and what that 
first few days was like, what the first few weeks were like, and the last episode that we come up on is actually, I'm recording today on Thursday, it's getting released tomorrow, and tomorrow he will be, so it's uh, July 2nd, he'll be a whole month old, so I've got kind of a week-by-week documentation of what it has been like to be a father so far in that first month. And we touched on a couple of things. And of course, there's some things that I hadn't had a chance to touch on and I hope to be able to do that in later episodes. So that's something that has been going on in my life, obviously being a father. But we also moved into our home. We have this big, beautiful blue barn dominium style home out here in Texas. Many of you who are listening know it, may have even been to it. Um, or maybe you've even seen pictures on social media. I don't think I've actually posted a, a recent picture of it all done up. I want to make sure I've got that front porch cleaned off, kind of give it a little bit more curb appeal. As a matter of fact, that's what I've been working on as well. I just finished putting in a brick sidewalk because with the construction, the pathway between the house and the driveway was just mud, just straight dirt. And I knew that it's supposed to rain pretty heavy over this week or it was supposed to it hasn't really i think it's rained once Uh, it said it was supposed to be like 80 percent chance all week but i went out there and i said okay this is priority i need to make sure that we're not trekking mud into the house that we're not having to clean up behind ourselves etc etc i don't want you know my wife to fall while she's got the kid or anything like that or, or people to to get their shoes all muddy when we invite them over to check out the house or invite them over to help us out with stuff out the house you know that's a priority let me get the sidewalk paved and put in uh so fortunately i had some brick that was gifted to me by the church that we attend and i had plenty of it to build a brick walkway and i'll tell you what i just about killed myself putting together this brick walkway and i think i realized something about myself while working on this brick walkway you know many of you may have heard of my history in terms of uh, experiencing a bit of burnout in my life. And, and the concept of peace with the process is, is the fact that I, I overcame the concept of experiencing burnout in my endeavors. And I've worked toward using a, I don't want to call it a formula, but just using some tools to help me maintain balance. And again, I'm going to say this every time, but anytime I mention the word balance, I don't mean that everything is equal. I mean that everything has its correct portions, right? So with that in mind, everything having its correct portions, what that looks like is it looks like I'm spending enough time with my family. It means I'm spending enough time with uh, friends, coworkers, uh, with God, you know, God comes first in that uh, prioritization scale. It means I'm spending enough time on myself, on my health, and on my wealth. Enough time. That doesn't mean that everything gets an equal amount. I'm going to work more than I'm going to have an opportunity to sit down and read. I'm going to spend, you know, probably more time running over the over the long term, more time. Uh, working out, making better food choices, and being physically healthy than I am sitting on a beach when you add up the total hours. You know what I mean? So if I if I have an opportunity to spend a week at the beach during the summer for the year, uh, you know, you can just say that that's, you know, uh, 
72 hours, whatever. I didn't do the math, so don't make fun of me for not having the math available. But then you total up the fact that I do, you know, I spend maybe an hour toward my health every single day. And it's 365 hours a year. That definitely outweighs the number of hours um, in a week. So not everything is equal, but everything has its correct portion, right? So what I realized through building this brick walkway is how I got myself into the position of experiencing burnout in the first place. And I believe it came from growing up in manual labor, right? I grew up, I got my first job. Technically, my first job was cleaning offices with my mom. I talk a little bit about this in the introduction episode. My first job was cleaning office buildings with my mom. I was probably 10 when I had my first, cleaned my first office building, maybe 11. And I would, you know, wake up super early in the morning to go help her and stay out late at night to go help her. It was kind of sporadic, you know, it was just for cash at that point. And then whenever I turned 13, I went to work at a Christmas tree farm. And out here in the country, in Texas, hard work is valued. I valued the concept of working hard for what I earned. It was part of the culture around here. And I think that culture is what caused a little bit of my mentality going down the road. This concept that you you work hard, right? You push. You work hard from sunup to sundown, and you get the job done. You know, you don't take too many breaks. You don't piddle around all day long. You put some grit into it, and you work. But then the strange thing is, the older I get, and the older the people who are who are now overseeing me get. <laughs> their advice has changed they actually came up to me when i was working on the sidewalk and they would tell me well it looks like you need to take a break now you know take a take a break for the next few hours you're working in the middle of the day the middle of the heat which obviously would have been the smart thing to do except i knew that it was supposed to rain tomorrow so i had to work through it as best i could and i did don't get me wrong. I worked through it. Did it suck? Absolutely. Was the work itself actually hard? It wasn't really that hard. It was extremely hot. So I didn't necessarily do the safe thing uh, or the smart thing. I pushed through it and did my absolute best to get it done. Did I notice a couple of things here and there that probably could have been done better if I would have worked on it a little by a little in the mornings? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. Or maybe something in the evenings. I definitely noticed there's a couple of character flaws in this brick sidewalk that could have been better if I hadn't rushed it. Maybe I needed to rush it. Maybe I didn't. But I think that really just, it's a testament to how easy it is to allow culture to affect how we work. You know, this concept that we have to keep working hard. But I don't believe that that's the case. I believe that I should have taken those breaks. I believe that in the long run, it would have been just fine. I may have even ended up with a better sidewalk. And it's great to have a reminder of that in the physical sense because it's a reminder to make sure that I'm double-checking myself on a daily basis, that I am taking the time to relax, that I'm taking the time 
to rest, to get out from underneath the sun at the hottest point of the day and use that time as an opportunity to string up a hammock underneath a tree, right? Make a big old glass of water. That's my version of resting, relaxing, allowing myself the ability to, you know, recover so that I can get back out there and give it my best, so that I can spend a little bit longer to work out the kinks and those character flaws. And one of the things, actually, I think there's, I'm trying to think of what the second thing was, is, but I was bent down, I think I was squatting down, laying the bricks for so long that my right foot, a little bit far up my shin, is now numb. Never had that happen to me before. It's been numb now for about three or four days since I was laying that brick. So about four days, actually, at least four days, because I finished it on Sunday. I'm recording this on Thursday, and it's been numb for four days now. I've been trying to do some stretches and some things to get it unnumb, and if it doesn't unnumb at the end of a week, I'm going to go get it checked out. I've had a few people tell me that it happens from time to time. I think my wife said it happens when she wears heels. You know, she would, uh, she'd be wearing them for so long that it would cause... Uh, I don't know if it's like a a nerve pinch, whatever it is. But it just goes to further solidify my point. I pushed myself, and now I have something I'm living with for the next few days after. Is it that big of a deal? Eh, it kind of sucks <laughs> walking. You know, I go for a walk in the middle of the day, and I find my ankle kind of rolling because my foot doesn't quite operate the same because it's all numb. Um, so it's, 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 it's annoying and it would only be worse if I, if I did the same thing again, right? Like if I went back out there and worked at something else and squatted down more and more and more, maybe it wouldn't just be my foot and my shin, maybe it'd be my entire leg below the knee. Maybe next it would be the entire leg. If I didn't get it checked, if I didn't stop exerting myself, what would happen? be numb all over wouldn't be able to do anything i don't know if that's actually how that happens but that's what i'm getting at is that we may not see it in the moment because i didn't realize it i stood up at one point while i was laying down the brick and i thought oh my foot's asleep and then i thought oh it still hadn't woken up (laughs) and then i was just trucking along and i forgot about it and i kind of got used to it being numb until i went to take my shoes off and i realized that my foot is still numb this cannot be good (laughs) So it's definitely a testament to making sure that, you know, in in the physical moment of hard work, the same principles still apply of balance. Everything needs its its own share, right? Everything needs its own portion. There's a time to push and press in, and there's a time to slow down and relax. There's a time to step back, measure twice. There's a time to bring somebody in for help there's a time to remind yourself why you're doing it there's a time to think about what life will be like after it's done and there's a time to sit down and look at what you've accomplished stand up and take a walk on top of the walkway the path that you laid down brick by brick poured the concrete and laid it out there's a time for all of that and doing any of it out of its time has its own adverse effect doing any of it out of its own proportion 
has an adverse effect. You may stumble upon, you know, some equations of that that have positive effects. Make note of that. You know, maybe you spent more time, maybe you spent more time relaxing than you did working, and you ended up making the perfect brick sidewalk. Well, now you can remember that next time, and you can hope that you're not given some sort of a natural time restraint. Like I had the rain coming, or the rain that I thought was going to come. It came a little bit, but only while I was working and only long enough uh, to soak my shirt. And then I was back working in the humid heat. But all that aside, everything has a time. Everything has an amount of energy that you can devote to it and get the most out of it before you've devoted more energy than is good for you. And you can also not devote enough energy into it. I love this game of balance. I love playing with it. I love documenting how it's worked, how it hasn't worked, what I'm doing to make sure that that the things that worked did work and the things that didn't work don't get repeated. I love that. That's what Peace With The Process is all about. And if I can help you in any way, learn a little bit more about the balance in your life, or get you a little bit further along in life, I would absolutely love to be a tool and a resource for you. That's my calling. It's my it's my passion. It's what I'm passionate about, helping people find that balance, helping people create that process and create their peace with that process. All right, guys, I'm going to keep this one a little bit shorter than usual. And I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Peace with the Process. If creating your peace with the process sounds like something you're interested in, head over to peacewiththeprocess.com and you will see in big bold letters, create your peace. Click on that and you'll get some more information about what it might look like to work together so that we can create your peace with the process. I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of, you guessed it, Peace with the Process. And I will see you next time.